good. So, so good to be with you. I'm delighted to be here at Peterborough and to welcome all of you that are joining us and gathering online or gathering in Cambridge or Leicester. It's so exciting to be with you. I have a five-year-old called Thomas. When he was four, he was off school one afternoon and I thought, I've got loads of errands to run. So I strapped him in the back of the car and he sat very quietly and I drove around our community doing these errands and the community that we're part of in Blackburn is one of those areas that whenever you walk through it or drive through it, it just pulls a passionate prayer out of you. So I began to pray out loud in the car, Jesus, bring release to this community, all the stuff that we've been talking about this morning. Jesus, where there's addiction, there's pain and there's poverty, Jesus, bring release. And I was, I was really going for it, <laughs> driving my car. And at one point, I took a breath and the little voice in the back of the seat went, and thank you for our food, amen. <laughs> And I was completely floored. It was so funny. I wasn't expecting it. It completely sent me off kilter and I just couldn't pray in that way anymore. I was just giggling for the rest of the journey. But then a few days ago, I was at the hairdressers and my hairdresser was called Zoe and she's a lovely young woman. And I often try and talk to Zoe about Jesus. And so I was really excited about getting my hair done at the hairdressers and chatting to Zoe about Jesus. It's a really small salon. And so any conversation you have, all the other women in the salon, when there's no hairdryer going, can hear it. So I was gearing myself up and I said to myself, when the hairdryer stops, this is my moment to say, come on Zoe, let's have a little chat about Jesus. The hairdryer stopped and I suddenly heard the person next to me was mid very loud story about some awful thing that she was going through. Like real suffering, this woman had her son who was 17, been a moped accident, he was having sort of different operations for brain injury, it was just horrendous. And the whole salon was listening and it floored me. I thought, how can I talk about Jesus to Zoe when this woman is speaking so passionately about her suffering? It can be really tough to talk about Jesus, can't it? It can be really tough to know when do we start those conversations. And it's never been easy. Even uh, when society had a widely held notion in the belief of God, it was still tough to talk. But particularly for us now, we're going against the grain of the dominant story of secularization. I don't know if you notice this at work when you're at the school gate dropping your kids off, but when your faith means that you're a nice person and you get involved with kind stuff, it's like often society is quite accepting of that. But when you want to move it a bit and talk about the hope that there is within you, about the difference that Jesus makes, that can be really difficult. And it, what it can do is it can create in us this kind of internal dialogue that can silence us, that can silence the words as they come to our mouth and we think, what will happen if I talk about Jesus. There's a brilliant book by a guy called Jonathan Dobson called The Unbelievable Gospel. 
And he refers to what he calls the four defeaters, the four kind of ideas that capture our imagination. That means that when we're in our workplace or with our family or down the pub or with our friends or in the pub and in the park chatting to other parents, that we think, ah, I can't share Jesus. These are the four defeaters, number one. But actually sharing our story about Jesus is too impersonal. We live in an age that emphasises individualism. So it becomes taboo to say, actually, I believe that Jesus is the way. And we fear that sharing Jesus' story means we're telling other people that somehow we're better than them. It feels like it's a little bit tone deaf, too impersonal. The second defeater he mentions is that we're afraid that we're going to come across too preachy. Maybe you've seen those street preachers or the preachers on TV that are so confident, but actually it's a little bit like your scalp hunting, that it's about winning converts rather than making disciples. And we're afraid that if we start sharing our story about Jesus, we're kind of seen as not really caring about the person's whole life, but just wanting their bum on a seat. Or maybe the idea is that maybe if we talk about Jesus and the difference that he is making in our life, that maybe we're going to come across as too intolerant. The old tolerance said, I respect your right to disagree with me and I will defend your right to disagree with me. But right now, if you engage in society as a whole, if you're on social media, you'll be recognising that there's a new kind of tolerance and it goes like this. Everybody's ideas, everybody's beliefs, everybody's truth are of equal worth. So how can you claim exclusivity? You can't say that Jesus alone has power to save. I mean, maybe Jesus is fine for you. That's great that you've got faith. But you can't say that Jesus is alone the one to save for everybody, can you? And this leads to a dangerous total tolerance. It's where the idea of being no platformed or cancelled culture comes from that people are erased because their views are no longer popular. And you see that in culture, don't you? You might experience it in your workplace. And so we fear sharing Jesus because we're worried that maybe even though we don't mean to, we might cause offence or even harm, that we might be saying something that's problematic to people. And then the fourth great defeater is too unprepared. You know, I'd love to share my story about Jesus. I'd love to talk about the peace that Jesus is bringing me as at the moment my life feels like it's rocky and things are changing. I'd love to share with my friends that even though I'm facing the same challenges as them, there's a peace that's holding me so I'm not crushed. But what if then they come back to me with a question that I can't answer? What if they ask me about suffering or transgender ideology? 
What if they asked me about my politics or about sexuality? What if somebody asks me a question at work and suddenly the whole room goes silent and somehow I'm not just answering what I think, but I'm representing you know, Christianity to the whole of this floor of my office. I'm not ready for that. I'm not prepared for that. I, I, kind of, I can't handle that. So, so actually, I, maybe I'm just not going to face the drama. I'm just, just not going to put myself out there. I just hope that somehow they pick up that I love Jesus. Four great defeaters. And I can feel it in the room. We're feeling quite heavy by this, aren't we? Because you probably experience this sometimes, and so do I. But take heart. Our story for today is from John chapter 9. And I'd like to encourage you when you get home, get it on your phone, get it on a Bible, have a read. John 9 verse 8 to 25, because this story is the antidote to all these defeaters. An antidote is something that takes the force out of something. And this encounter that Jesus has with the blind man takes the force and the fire and the sting out of these great defeaters. It's a story of a powerful healing. And what's really interesting is normally in the Gospels, we have mostly the information about what happens running up to the healing and very little about what happens after a healing. But in this story, the text in Scripture is mostly about what happens after this guy is healed. So Jesus heals this blind man and it all kicks off. And if you ever fall for the notion that, well, of course, you know, New Testament times, people were uneducated. They didn't know much about science. They didn't know anything about the NHS. So they were more, it's more primitive culture. So they were more likely to be accepting and believing of miracles. This story makes you think again, because everybody is struggling to believe what's just happened. Even the man's parents, when the Pharisees, the religious leaders say, oh, excuse me, wasn't that your son that Jesus healed? They're like, Whoa, you know, it wasn't us, it's not our fault. We're not sure, we're not really sure what's going down. There's scepticism, there's unbelief, there's fear, there's confusion. Talk about being robbed of your moments. And the verse that jumps out time and time again in this passage is John 9, 25, where the man who was blind, who has just been healed miraculously by Jesus, has to repeatedly say this thing. He says, I don't know what you're asking. I know nothing about that one way or the other, but I know one thing for sure. I was blind and now I can see. And he has to say it. Yeah, he has to say it about three or four times. People want reasons for this and evidence for it and they get really upset of it. He's like, I don't know. I haven't got an answer. I just know what I know. What I know what I know is that I was blind and now I can see. And this one statement contains four really sweet nuggets for us around sharing our story. Number one, he just keeps repeating the evidence. He doesn't try and embellish it. 
I was blind, but now I can see. But let me also chat to you about other things that I think about. <laughs> he doesn't embellish it. He doesn't try to make it smoother or to impress people. He's not about uh, persuading people even. He just wants to give the evidence. Number two, he's quite pragmatic and practical. He faces the problem of the fact that he's been healed very practically. It is what it is. He just lays it out for them to see and he leaves it up to them to make their minds up. And then there's real humility in what he says. He's not trying to seek popularity or power or even the nice feeling of being right. He just humbly says, this is my story. This is my experience. And fourthly, he speaks with acceptance. There's no pretense of knowing what he doesn't know. He simply accepts whatever this is, whoever Jesus is, I'm accepting that he has the power to change my life. So let me use these four thoughts then to bring you four releases. And last week, Phil Timpson did a brilliant sermon where he, he did the ABC, didn't he? And he ended on C, communicate Jesus. And these four releases are really, I'd love to equip you, put some little nuggets in your thought and your, and your heart to release you, to open your mouth, to share your story. It could be a story of when you met Jesus for the first time, it could be your story of last night, you were on your knees thinking, how am I gonna do this thing at work? How am I gonna make ends meet? How am I gonna talk to my mum about that issue? And as you brought it to Jesus, you felt peace. You saw him bring a breakthrough for you. Whatever your story is, my prayer is that these four ideas becoming you releases, enabling you to speak. Number one, believe the hype. Believe the hype. If you've met Jesus, you're not a better person, you're a new person. You're a liberated person. You're a transformed person because of Jesus. And regardless of how you or I might feel about telling our story, the fact is that you and know and love Jesus and He loves you and His Word in your life is the most powerful thing you have to share. And no amount of mistakes or false starts or failures will change the fact that you are transformed transformed and liberated to Jesus. And I know in my life, and I'm sure you do too, that God responds to our one inch of faith with an ocean of grace, doesn't he? And also, I'd love you to believe in the hype of the goodness of the gospel. The gospel is good news. It is the most beautiful thing you will share with anybody. So you share your story with Jesus because it's a good story and because you have no idea what God might do as you simply share the difference that Jesus makes in your life. Secondly, it's about connecting with the person, not with the mob. 
you and I in sharing Jesus are not trying to convert the mob out there. We're engaging with the person in front of us. And this matters because we tend to act differently if we think we're here to win over a crowd or if we're here to simply share what we know of Jesus with the person in front of us. And it might be that you are someone who God invites now and then or a lot of the time to share more publicly and more widely about faith. But mostly what Jesus will ask you and I to do is to be faithful in our witness to the person in front of us. And that's often harder because people that know us know whether we're being a hypocrite or not, don't they? So it's good to always ask ourselves, do I, do I have an answer to some of these questions? If I'm sharing my story of Jesus making a difference in my mental health, with my family relationships, with how I structure the finance, with how I say yes and no to different practices, with how I go about my romantic relationships, with how I forgive, like, have I really thought about how I might answer if someone says, but, but why does that make a difference? And I want to encourage you to go and research stuff and ask questions and listen to voices. There's some brilliant podcasts. The Sacred Podcast by Elizabeth Oldfield from the Christian think tank Theos. And she always has conversations between Christians and atheists. Really interesting conversations where they battle out stuff. And it's really informative, helping me think, how might I chat to my friend who's convinced there's no God? How might I start these conversations? Or another brilliant podcast is called The Unbelievable Podcast by Justin Briley on Premier Christian Radio. And that's a podcast where Christians who might think differently over certain issues really respectfully and intelligently discuss these issues. I want to encourage you to share your story, to deepen your understanding of what God's doing in your life to understand how people around you might be listening to your story. And to do this because you care more deeply about the eternal destiny of the person in front of you than you do of simply winning the argument. And then two more releases. Small means big. Do you sometimes fall for the temptation of thinking, well, like, if I had one of those amazing stories, like my car broke down on the side of the road and I, and I asked Jesus to come and rescue me and like these four incredible angels arrived and picked up the car and took me to the lay-by and then someone in church rang up and said, I just feel God wants to give you a car and they give me a car. Like when I get to work, I would have the killer story and all of my friends would become Christians. Do you ever fall for that temptation? Like, come on, God, like, give me that killer illustration. Give me that great story. And yet I want to encourage you with this. Your best stories are not necessarily your biggest stories. Sometimes they are small stories. Sometimes they are small stories of, my daughter starts high school this September, and I'm just praying that she meets another 11-year-old who loves you, Jesus, 
and I haven't yet found that other 11 year old. But actually, as I'm praying for, I'm, re- I'm realizing I need to pray more for my daughter. I need to pray for her, not just that she meets a Christian friend at school, but that she can be in school, somebody that shares the faith. And I shared that story with a friend on the school gate who's not, not a Christian and who's also really concerned about the well-being of their child going to high school. And she turned to me and said, I'd never thought that I could talk to God about my kid being okay. It was a simple, small story. And it connected with my friend on the school gate. So share your Jesus story because you know, as we've sung, that God is here with the power to heal and forgive. And as you bring your small story of what he's doing in your life, you don't know what he might do with that in their life. And then the last great releaser, go the distance. Go the distance. I'm so excited about what's happening in Kingsgate and across this region this week and next weekend. I mean, do all you can to invite your friends and invite them to this space. But use this as a kind of a launch pad, a trampoline, to encourage you to keep sharing Jesus beyond Easter. We're in a new era. Most of the people that we connect with don't know much about Christianity don't know much about Jesus, might not know many people who know Jesus. And Jesus is asking us not just to proclaim his kingdom, not just to announce his kingdom, but to demonstrate his kingdom, to be those that others can look at and say, I'm not really sure everything about the Christian faith, but Tom at work, I know that he's part of a church. I know that he believes in Jesus. And just the constant, like how he shows up, how he is kind, how he doesn't bully other people at work, how he's thoughtful, how he speaks respectfully about his wife, how he's good to everybody. There's something in that that makes me interested. Go the distance. We don't stand aloof from people shouting our Jesus story at them. Our story is that as we go about engaging in the life that God has given us, the people before us, is that at the heart of it, people will see the one who has made a difference. So share your story about Jesus because ultimately who you are is about him. Ultimately, what you have for them is him. There's a wonderful story in the New Testament where Jesus walks on water to the disciples. Do you remember this story? And they're terrified and the storm is still going crazy. And Peter shouts, if it's you, Jesus, ask me to walk on the water. And and, and Jesus invites Peter onto the water. But what Jesus says to the disciples just before then is he says this, friends, take courage, courage, French, take heart, take heart. It's I, I'm here. And I take heart from that as I go about my life in Blackburn. There's so many things about the lives that the people I connect with in Blackburn that I don't fully understand. There's so much about theology and this deep sense of who God is that I'm still learning. He's a great mystery. 
There are so many things happening in culture that I think, oh, what would Jesus say about that? And how is Jesus asking me to respond to this? But rather than see these as reasons not to share our story, let's step into our society. Let's step into our communities. Let's step into our families and our relationships and say, like the blind man, I might not have all the answers. I might not know how this will go down. I might not be able to control what people think about me or my reputation or whether this makes me more popular or less popular at work. I can't even predict that if I ask someone to come to the Easter event, they'll come. I don't have it all sorted. But what I do know is there was a moment where I did not know Jesus. And now I know him. And if you want to ask me, is life better with Jesus or without? Every fibre of my body will say to you, life is sweet with Jesus. And if you want to come and explore that, come and be part of Kingsgate. So I want to encourage you, my friends, to centre Jesus again in your story. To centre Jesus as the anchor for your soul. That whether you are the CEO of Public Health England, whether you are a teacher, a carer, a parent, whatever it is that is your fighting edge of the battle area, wherever you show up and take courage and live for Jesus, that you will know that as you share your, Jesus, your story, Jesus stood next to you saying, take courage, I'm here. Take courage, I'm here. Shall we respond to that? If you're willing and able, can I invite you to stand? And we're gonna just lean into a song. And it's not that we switch off our brain and don't care about having sentences that make sense to people, but really at the heart, the best that you and I have for people is Jesus. He is the best that we have. And in Jesus, we have everything. So we're gonna sing. We're gonna sing out this song about Jesus. I speak Jesus. This is what I have. And like the blind man, it's not about saying, look at me, look at how amazing I am. It's not about that at all. It's saying, look at how broken I am without Jesus. Look at how lost life is without Jesus. And take heart community, take heart church, take heart society. There is a God that knows you and loves you. And I would love to share Jesus with you. So as we sing, I want to encourage you with every fibre of your body to say, Jesus, once again, rule and reign in my life. Amen. Amen.